Blog Talk Radio. Good, good afternoon and welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, Conversations on New Jersey Education. Uh, this is a special podcast uh, today. Uh, we're calling it uh, Advocacy in the Age of COVID-19. Um, uh, this is we will be discussing some of the legislation that's going on, but you have two ways in which to participate. You can log on to you can call one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and just press one when if you have a question. Uh, and then Robin, who's manning our um, uh, switchboard, will take the question and put you up on the on the dais, and we will you'll be able to ask our guest the question. Or you can just log into our chat room. We have a chat room, and you can just type a question in there, and I'll pass it on to our guest with me this afternoon. Um, and first of all, I also want to say that um, – hold on one second. They said they can't hear. Oh, I know why. Okay. Um, uh, I want to you know, welcome everyone, and I know this has been a very uh, – Chris Jones and I and Jonathan Pushman and I were talking earlier today, and this is a very unprecedented time. The legislation is probably going to be – we're being affected so quickly, uh, and the issues change from day to day. Um, we'll see how things work. Um, so – and I have to say I'm also proud of the way the school districts have handled everything that is going on in, in their district. They went overnight, pr- practically overnight, from uh, building a mortar to – having uh, uh, virtual learning. So with me today is Jonathan Pushman, who is a legislative advocate for New Jersey School Board Association. Welcome, uh, Jonathan. Happy to be here, Ray. Thank you. Okay. And also a legislative advocate is uh, Chris Jones. Uh, Welcome, Chris. Good afternoon. Um, I also want to say we originally we're going to have Mike Rancic. Mike is a little under the weather, so he couldn't make this podcast. But uh, I know Jonathan and um, uh, Chris can handle it very well. Uh, before we get into the budget and the finances uh, and the effect that COVID-19 has had, um, let's get to the health benefit reform because that was being discussed before a lot of this occurred, and it did pass in the uh, Senate. Uh, Jonathan, can you just tell us the status of health benefit reform? Absolutely. Happy to, Ray. Um, just to give people a little bit of background and bring everyone up to speed, if you, if you aren't already, um, two weeks ago on uh, Monday, I believe it was March 8th or March 9th, um, Senate President Sweeney and the president of the New Jersey Education Association held a press conference in which they announced uh, an agreement uh, regarding health benefits and, and deriving, generating uh, savings on, on health benefits uh, through, potent, through uh, proposed legislation. Um, as, as you can imagine, those of us who have been discussing this issue um, over the last several years is a pretty, uh, pretty significant development because we're all aware of the friction that had existed between the Senate president and the NJEA. Um, but eventually, I guess there was an acknowledgement that if we were going to get any kind of legislation done on health benefits, that they would need to come together to some sort of agreement, um, which they uh, evidently have now. So um, I encourage everybody on this podcast, I'm going to try and run through sort of the basics of the legislation and what the current status is and what the potential impact on districts would be. Uh, but I encourage all of you to go on uh, this week's edition of School Board Notes. We wrote an article about uh, this bill as well as two other bills that were tied into the agreement that the NJEA is hoping to get sent to the governor in short order. Um, so the bill is essentially would create – it's essentially a Chapter 78 relief bill, and I'm sure everybody on this call is familiar with Chapter 78, that would uh, reduce the amount that employees – uh, pay towards their health care benefits. And so the way they would do that is by the creation of what they're referring to as a new New Jersey Educators Health Care Plan. This would be uh, the School Employees Health Benefits Commission would be tasked with offering this new Educators Health Plan uh, that is expected to have significantly lower premiums than the most popular options currently in the SCHBP. Um, the this new plan um, would, would be the only plan remaining in the SCHBP other than 
the existing Direct 10 and Direct 15 plans that are, are the, uh, the two most popular options currently. Um, this new plan, the design of which is laid out in the bill, um, uh, has reduced out-of-network benefits, uh, tries to incentivize the use of generic prescription drugs, and, and a few other plan design differences uh, that are expected to reduce costs. Um, once this plan option is, is established, any employee who opts into that plan, uh, current employees would have the option of moving into it or staying with their current plan, or, uh, but if they, in order, if they move into this new plan, they would then also move into a percentage of salary contribution schedule. Um, under Chapter 78, and as is the case in most districts currently, employees pay a percentage of premium towards their health care benefits. Um, this would shift them into paying a, per, uh, a percentage of, of salary on a sliding scale. Um, those at the lower income levels would pay a lower percentage. Those at higher income levels would pay a progressively higher percentage of their salary. And then it would be, it would go up, you know, for family coverage versus single or parent-child or uh, married only. Um, Plan tiers. Um, they expect that this plan would generate close to a billion dollars in savings. Um, we've seen numbers that say $640 million for local school districts, about $400 million in reduced costs for employees, and then about $30 million uh, for the state budget. Um, that is how it would apply to districts in the school employees' health benefits plan. Um, but approximately two-thirds of school districts do not participate in the school employees' health benefits plan, this legislation would also apply to them. They would essentially have to offer plans which mirror the new New Jersey Educators Health Plan uh, while continuing to offer any existing plans uh, that they currently offer pursuant to their collective bargaining agreements. But as is the case with SEHBP districts, uh, for employees to take advantage of this new salary-based contribution schedule, they would have to opt into the new plan. Otherwise, they would continue paying what is current, what they are currently required to pay under their existing contracts. Um, okay. The goal is the goal under this is to have um, the bill on the governor's desk uh, in short order. The Senate has voted it out. They, it was the bill was introduced last Monday and scheduled for a voting session that Thursday where it was approved by a margin of 34 to zero, and it now heads over to the assembly, uh, which currently does not have uh, the bill or, or any activity currently scheduled. Um, do you want to jump in there, Ray? Yeah, I have uh, – well, I have someone who has a question uh, on this. It's probably what's going to be my follow-up question anyway. Bethany, what was mm -hmm. your question? Is Bethany from uh, North Hi, Florida? Ray. Yeah, well, your question was going to be my question because some people, some districts have worked out agreements with their districts. But why don't you explain it? Because uh, uh, I was going to ask your question, but I think you should ask your question. Hi, Bethany. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing? Um, I'm all right. We had already made an arrangement with our teachers that uh, we pushed them all into Direct 2035. Some are in Direct Zero. Mm -hmm. But we're still yep. using the Chapter 78 tiers. So my sure. question is, is this going to cost us more money now? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Well, there's that. Go ahead. I, and I am familiar with, um, with your district and some of the creative things okay. that you guys have done um, regarding your health benefits. Um, just correct. Just, just make sure, just to, to clarify, you are a district that is in the SEHBP? Um, yes. Okay, so that's a, that's a, that's a question that we've raised. Um, we know that this we've we've I've specifically tried to get an answer to the question of well, if you are a district that is in SEHBP, let's say you've negotiated that no employees are are able to take Direct 10 or Direct 15, and and Bethany, full disclosure, I had your district in mind because I've I've seen the presentations <laughs> that your your superintendent you. has given. <laughs> yes. um, so those are the things that we are. We're curious about as well that if, if these options are no longer available, but they're baked into your collective bargaining agreement, what are you supposed to do with that? Is that something that you would right. then maybe have to deal with at the bargaining table? Um, would 
they, those options, since they no longer exist, every new employee would go into these New Jersey educators plan? Um, or would you have to go outside of the state plan in order to procure uh, equal to or better coverage than what you're currently offering? I don't have a, a solid answer on that. I think it's, it's a consideration uh, that needs to be addressed. Um, but it would be, um, it doesn't, the, the, the bill as currently constructed doesn't wait until existing collective bargaining agreements fire, which I think if, if in your in your case it might think make things a little bit cleaner because if the you know if you just let your contract ride out and say okay this will apply in your in going forward you know maybe okay. maybe that transition you you don't have any of these the potential legal issues or worried about violating your contract. Um, but that is that that's something that they don't explicitly address, and and, I, and we would argue that you should be able to continue offering what you're offering. Um, but if, if if the SCHBP eliminates those options, um, you would no you would to some extent fall out of compliance with your collective bargaining agreement, and that's potentially problematic. Um, and it's not it's yeah. not an issue that that we haven't raised. And it's frustrating because okay. we made a deal that the teachers love, we love. And save the sure. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's, that's sort of a general general reaction that the school board associate, association has had on this on this bill is that um, chapter seventy eight has sunsetted the, the the issue has has returned to collective bargaining uh, throughout the state and districts in their local associations have come together and come up with really creative ways to on the one hand, reduce the overall amount that they have to spend on health care, which benefits the district, but also um, has put more money back into employees' pockets, whether it be in the form of reduced premium contributions or uh, those reduced costs have allowed them to have higher settlement rates than they otherwise would have. And it's really going to be um, a district specific of what, what, the, what the impact on this bill would be, and it could have very disparate impacts on districts across the state and which is why we're trying to advocate for improvements or amendments to the bill that would guarantee that no district suffers any kind of net loss under the legislation because if you are a district that has uh, reduced your overall health care costs and maintained a, a, an adequate or, or fair level of employee contributions towards that um, there is the potential that it that you could suffer a loss, but without the data, without knowing what these premiums are going to be in the SEHBP, it's difficult for us to um, to do that kind of analysis on a district by district basis. But we're we're actively seeking um, more data and analysis on, on the proposal. Okay, Great, thank you. So Bethany, it's probably going to be a, a wait and see, uh, and it, it does feel rough where someone who probably did the right thing was creative might get punished and uh but we're not sure yet so the, you know and chris your ba will be very busy well, he's gonna be busy anyway when we get to this he's always part about all right and if you want to ask a question again you'll have to hang up and call again because that and then press one okay okay all right great thanks okay. so much all right. thank you Bethany. I, 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 sh I should mention uh that uh to chris and to everyone that's listening uh, you know, we're talking about we're doing this. This is like a great social distancing uh, process. Uh, but the legislature and you guys are all working the same way, too. Uh, Chris, do you want to just tell us how the legislature is actually working because their work is different? Yeah, they um, so they passed uh, legislation the last time they, they were in town, allowing them in emergency situations such as the one we're in now to uh, to vote virtually. So literally, the last uh, assembly session was uh, the speaker at the podium, and nobody else uh, physically in the chamber. Um, so you know, it, it's uh, changed things in a number of ways, and changed how uh, GR is uh, kind of going about our business as well. Uh, spent a lot more time uh, via via email, via social media of, of people that we know, and uh, and on the phone. Um, you know, it's, usually we spend our time going down to the state house when they congregate, but uh, nobody's congregating, so there's no point in us going there, and uh, we're we're on lockdown anyway. So, uh, 
as as Ray uh, alluded to, it's unprecedented times. Or he didn't allude to it; he said it directly. It's uh, in unprecedented times, and it's leading to unprecedented unprecedented uh, ways of doing business. Yeah, I, I think that. I just think it's important for our listeners to know that uh, the lobbying effort has changed, and it's very diff- different now. And I should also like to <laughs> point out that we'll probably be doing a couple of these GR updates every Friday at around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because things change, and we don't, particularly when we get to the state budget, which we're going to get to pretty quickly. Uh, so if someone has any topics they want us to address or focus in on, please let us know. Um, Chris, while you're on, uh, one of the things, and I sent a notice out to some people, in the, some of our county leaders and some board members I know got pushed out, and NJSBA pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, 3902, which uh, – uh, well, why don't you explain what's on 3902? Uh, um, yeah, this legislation, and the, there there was some concern with it. Um, you know, it kind of set uh, in emergency situations, empowered the governor to to uh, delay various things, including the uh, the, the payment out of uh, 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 the payment out from um, from um, municipalities, which has the domino effect of. I, you know, it, it's one thing for you know a, a, a contractor to the municipality uh, being held off, but you know we have to by the same token we have payrolls to meet just like a municipality does, and uh, there was the concern of how this is going to affect us receiving us being school boards um, receiving you know the uh, the local taxes collected so. Um, it, the, the bill did pass the assembly. Um, the Senate has not scheduled to meet, and we have uh, it's it's on our website uh, on uh, the, uh, the 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 COVID um, webpage um, that we have on our uh, on our website. Uh, we sent a letter to all the senators expressing our opposition to the bill. Um, we have yet to hear of uh, the Senate meeting. Uh, there's there's no plans right now for them to meet, and we haven't heard. We've expressed these concerns as well to uh, to the governor, and uh, we haven't heard where uh, where the governor stands yet on on the legislation. So who were who's the sponsor of the bill? Uh, the sponsor, uh, there's, there's a few sponsors, including the speaker, uh, Benji Wimberling, okay. who's up in, um, up in Passaic County is, uh, okay. is the, the first sponsor. Now, 79 to nothing is pretty, uh, unusual. Uh, so do you expect the Senate to take it up? Um, I do, I, I would think the Senate probably will take it up when they do meet again. However, um, we have heard back now we didn't hear from the senate president himself but we have heard back from a senator who uh um uh, one of our members touched base with them we've had a number of members who have touched base with their legislators expressing the concern of this bill and we've heard back um via through this senator that uh, if the bill is taken up they do plan on it on addressing amendments to it and are aware of our concerns um obviously with the situation that we're in, uh, the assembly kind of rushed through the bill as quickly as possible. Um, I always generally have a rule of thumb. Any, anything that's passed unanimously, probably uh, there's a lot of people that didn't quite understand what they were voting for or it didn't do anything. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think we, we will have our, our due opportunity to have our, our concerns addressed in, uh, in the Senate. All right, and uh, just to the listeners or people in the chat room, if anyone has any questions on uh, this bill or want to tell us what the impact is, please let us know. I know we had an uh, email before I even got on the air from uh, Mike Jacobs. Uh, he's concerned. Were they looking at amendments because uh, particularly around the transfer, uh, the ability to transfer funds, if this becomes – there could be a cash flow problem in a lot of districts. Uh, mm-hmm. If they don't have this money coming in, is there any? Well, first of all, why are they doing it? Is is there a reason? What's the motive for doing this? Um, to, to ease up on municipalities, but I don't think they really thought out the uh, the, the chain reaction. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing for uh, 
you know, to, to help out the municipalities who, who might uh, have some some issues getting their money out. But it's uh, you know when it's affecting the the schools and the counties who who they're they're paying that uh, that can be a concern. All right. So, uh, and I have a question from uh, Kathy uh, Kazan from uh, Wayne. Uh, how do you, and this is for you, Chris, how do you, mm-hmm. w- what verbiage should be people using when they lobby? Should they be telling that the, the dramatic impact it will have uh, on the school districts? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think as far as verbiage, I, I would, um, I point people to to our letter. Um, if you want to choose particular words, that, you know, directly from our from our letter that's up on the website, that could be helpful. Um, but but yeah, just simply you know making the point that uh, that I, I don't, that they have not this bill doesn't fully think out the chain reaction that, that happens, and that we don't have you know us as. Uh, uh, as school boards do not have taxing authority, um, we are reliant on the municipality to collect the taxes and forward um, forward the taxes to us. And statewide, uh, school you know school funding it makes up 60% of uh, of all the, the local local taxes. Um, so you, you really got kind of a a cog in the, or a uh, uh, you know something's really blocked up here uh, when when you're not distributing six tenths of uh, of the um, local taxes. Okay, I have a question from uh, uh, it says Marianne Johnson. My township is not delaying property tax payments, so why would they not have to give the district their share? Um, often, well, this rule hasn't passed. But uh, do you want to comment on that yeah. before? Because I have another question. It goes back to health benefits too. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Could you read the question again? My township is not delaying property tax payments. So why would they mm-hmm. not have to give the, the? Oh, she wants to. Uh, okay. My township is not delaying property tax payments. Uh, so why would they not uh, have to give the district the share? So they still have their her. The district, uh, the municipality is still, uh, they haven't delayed their their property tax collections, I guess her point. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think, it, then, I don't think it's really a concern for that uh, municipality at this point then. Okay. All right. It's only for those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, go back, I, doctor. Keep going, Chris. No, I, I I just want to emphasize, you know, that this this bill has only passed one house at this point. Um, we have, uh, you know, we have engaged the Senate to express our concerns. So, I, I don't want to make, I don't want members to think that this is something that um, that is a fait accompli or, you know, uh, just going to be on the governor's desk tomorrow. Uh, there, there's still mm-hmm. still is time, and uh, as I. As I said, uh, you know, it's it's on Senate leadership's radar what our concerns are. Okay, so and they should focus their legislative efforts actually at this point at, with their senator, and they should tell them the yeah. impact it would have on their district. And I think your superintendent BA can probably get pretty good numbers on that and do that relatively mm-hmm. quickly. And I think you, as a board board member or board, should really express that to your uh, state senator. Um, because this will have a dramatic impact. Uh, yes. I'm going to go uh, to a question from uh, Dr. Tom Connors. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Ray, how are you? Uh, listen, my question? my question was for John, Jonathan, just going back, because he mentioned about uh, uh, you know the savings, like $640 million to school districts. Um, and Piscataway was one of the first to do the um, self-insurance, and we're doing much better than the uh, the SEHP. So how does that bill affect Piscataway? Yeah, for, hi, Tom. How are you? Um, the uh, the bill, like I said, it does – it would apply to districts both in and outside the SEHBP. For districts that are outside the SEHBP, they would have to offer um, – they would have to, you know, go to their, you know, their TPA or their carrier, whomever, and say, give me a plan that looks exactly like the, this new New Jersey educator's health care plan. 
and then you know, they have to cost that out for you. Um, but you, as a self-insured non-SEHBP district, would also be able to continue offering any plans uh, required pursuant to an existing collective bargaining agreement and continue to charge uh, employees uh, whatever their contribution rate is in that collective bargaining agreement. Um, but any employees who would go into that new mirror plan to the educator's health plan would um, would begin paying a percentage of salary as laid out in the bill rather than a, a percentage of premium or whatever has been negotiated for all your other plan options. Great, thanks. Does that answer your question? Can I, yeah, can I have a quick mm -hmm. uh, comment to Chris on um, the uh, what he was discussing, and that is that in listening to our mayor and all of these, uh, he gives like every other day a, an update what's happening in Piscataway with the uh, you know coronavirus. But he had mentioned um, uh, that the federal bill uh, is not Piscataway is not going to be getting a large amount of money. And back to how you know the town collects the taxes, gives its portions to the schools is that um, I think that his thinking is that their thinking is that it's not going to be an even what they're going to get is not going to be enough to pay on a monthly basis to the schools. And so uh, I hope that they take that into consideration um, because, you know, it's going to interrupt everybody's cash flow. Anyway, that's my comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think that the, well, I know the cash that um, is the big thing. Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, speaking on the federal level, we've we just done our, our third wave of uh, of trying to save the economy legislation um, got passed out of the House today, and already I've heard, and this is this is more on a nationwide scale, but heard various governors who are, who are complaining from both sides of the aisle that the amount that they've set aside for uh, for state and local assistance is uh, is uh, pitiful. And uh, I would fully expect you're going to see a, a fourth wave of uh, legislation coming out of uh, coming out of DC, um, particularly probably focused largely on uh, on helping bolster the local uh, local governments as well. Thanks, Tom. And Tom, and uh, I know you can still. And Bethany, if you want to ask a question later on, you'll have to hang up and then call back in again. Uh, I just want to pass on to Al Miller from uh, uh, Howell and Monmouth County. He reached out to some of the districts. Uh, he's the county president there. And they said that this would cause a problem with their payroll and paying bills. There would be a cash flow problem. So, uh, mm -hmm. And I think they should reach out to their uh, – well, depending on which senators they have, uh, reach out to them and forward that on to them. Yeah. Uh, anything else on, so. on that it's, bill? It's if, well, if I could, could chime in also on uh, as far as an effort, you know, depending on what your relationship is with uh, with your local uh, uh, local NJEA affiliate, um, them reaching out, uh, depending on you know what kind of district you are in, you know, what their relationship is, uh, just knowing that you know, the NJEA has a very strong relationship with the the governor's office. I mean, th what we're talking about here is uh, something that's going to slow up the process of teachers getting paid. And uh, and I don't think that uh, the governor's office is going to be very keen to say once they they, they put the, uh, that together, they're not going to be very keen to uh, slow that down. Yeah, and I, I guess it would be okay to actually touch base with your mayor anyway, because the mayor may not be fully aware of the implications of this. They're only looking at their own financial situation. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I mean, every situation is unique. It uh, depends on the relationship. Some, as, as I said, you know, some uh, some boards might not have might have a, a, a tenuous relationship with their their local education association. So talking to them might not be helpful. Some might have a very contentious relationship with the mayor and council. But it, if you don't, if you have good relationships, now is a good time to use those good relationships in uh, in coordinate your efforts and discussing things with your state senator. Uh, before I move on to the state budget, um, uh, I do want to – Jonathan, do you have anything to add to any of the discussion we've had so far? Uh, no, I mean just to, to put a pin on the, the health benefits issue, and we're going to continue to, to report out on that um, as we gather more information. But we've – you know, as much as we uh, 
would not want to put out any kind of call to action or mobilizing our members on anything unrelated to the to the current public health emergency. Um, this is something that has that is non-COVID related that we are dealing with, um, and we'll probably we'll have to continue to deal with because it seems like now that the uh, the wheels are in motion that something will get done this spring regarding health benefits, the timing of which none of us can really predict. Um, but we are are asking members to engage on this issue uh, first in terms of flagging it for their for their BAs and superintendents who were well aware are, are heavily involved in dealing with the existing crisis. And, and we really wish we didn't have to deal with this legislation right now, but we have to of, of, of bringing them up to speed so they can uh, try and get their hands around what the potential impact would be on their specific districts. And then also reaching out to their local legislators. Obviously, if you're on this call, you're somebody who has been involved in ledge committee or in our advocacy efforts uh, that we, we highly encourage them to reach out to their, their local representatives, particularly on the assembly side, which has not taken up the bill yet, and try and put a, a, a delay on the bill or or uh, push it off until we can get a, a better understanding of what the overall impact would be across the state, as well as some fiscal analysis on, on districts specifically, um, and asking for uh, some provisions to ensure that all districts are held harmless. I think our goal uh, from the School Boards Association is, you know, if this can help a, a lot, a number of our districts, great we've been we've been advocating for savings on health care uh, for years but if you are a district that could potentially have some adverse consequences um, due to what your existing due to changes off of what your existing arrangements are um, then you should have some sort of waiver or some sort of off-ramp or maybe even a state reimbursement if your costs actually go up due to this legislation so um, I highly encourage you to reach out, and if there's any information that you need, um, you guys can always always direct questions to me. Okay. Um, now we're going to be going to state budget, and I, I'm actually starting to feel uh, feel sorry for our business administrators and our superintendents because you know they're trying to deal with the school closures and uh, doing virtual learning. Uh, mm -hmm. Putting their budget together. Now they might have to look at their health care costs because that, that that might be changing. They might have to worry about their cash flow because there's a possibility that they won't get that last. And they're putting their budget together, and the state economy is taking a hit with COVID-19. And um, so the budget that the governor proposed to the legislature uh, took in some revenue, had had some revenue projections. So, Chris, what are we looking at now? Are we? Is the, I heard the governor say that they're re-looking at it a little bit, or a lot of it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're we're in the early stages, uh, which is the important point to uh, to realize here. Um, you know, they're well uh, well away from uh, being at a point where they're going to have a a good idea of what the uh, what the numbers are going to look like for next year. Um, the governor gave his proposed proposed budget, um, but as as we uh, as we learned the last year of the Christie budget, the first year of the the Murphy budget, um, the governor does have, or uh, rather the, the the legislature has it in their power um, to to raise or lower individual district numbers. Um, yeah, we as an association, we have policy and we always voice uh, voice that policy that um, that once numbers go out for proposed budgets, you know, it it, uh, it is uh, very difficult to revisit them again. So once numbers are out, they can only go up, they cannot go down. Um, that That's our general policy. Uh, but that being said, you know, we, we at this point, we wait and see what the uh, what the administration has to say on the latest on what their uh, revenue projections are for for fiscal year 2021. Um, but that's probably a good few weeks away when they're going to have a better better handle on on what they can realistically expect uh, for the budget. So districts should be uh, maybe have a plan B. 
Uh, yeah, I would a, definitely um, say yes. I would definitely say it's a Plan B for the, for those of you that um, that remember the fights that uh, that took place a, a few years back. As far as um, that, that ultimately culminated in, in the passage of S2, um, you know, the, our advice then was, you know, pass the budget or, or pass the budget based on the numbers that you that you originally got from the state. However, you know, talk to your BA, be in close communications with your, your BA and your superintendent for contingency plans, and think out some contingency plans. Um, uh, yeah, that that was more of uh, a situation where you could have here's Plan A, here's Plan B. This one, to be quite honest, and, until until we start hearing uh, more definitively from the administration on on what they realistically expect for a budget for for uh, 2021, um, you know, it's going to be you're just going to have to be fairly fluid with things for for uh, the next few weeks. And I understand that there are still Still, statutory deadlines that you have to meet as far as uh, as far as submitting things to the uh, county uh, superintendent and things like that. Um, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure if any changes are made, that uh, that the administration will be you know will fully recognize that uh, the, you know the, the the circumstances they are putting local school districts in by coming coming up with new numbers late in the game. Okay. Uh, in those deadlines, uh, Al Miller uh, just had a question. We have a we do have deadlines that the districts have to meet in terms of their public hearings, which are the public budget hearings. Uh, is there any talk of pushing those back in the legislature that you have heard? Um, we've we've we raised that issue with people at the Department of Education. Um, officially, they they have no plans for um, for pushing them back, and have suggested that uh, they can still be met via the uh, virtual um, meetings like WebEx or Zoom, things like that. Unofficially, um, as in, you know, well, you can quote me on saying this because I'm not going to say who who specifically said it, but they've generally given the indication of they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be terribly, terribly strict about, uh, about timelines on, uh, you know, recognizing the reality of what is, what local school districts are facing. Okay. So in these unprecedented, unprecedented times, uh, there'll be a mm-hmm. little, uh, lax, maybe a little bit more than they have in the past in terms of deadlines and things of that sort. Uh, You're going to be like cops who you drive by at 56 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Maybe even 57 if you push it. Um, Yes. I I, I do have a question. Um, Well, actually, it's not a question. It's a comment from Jeff Hicks that um, uh, he he said that there's one thing with the the virtual schools where we might find some savings as a school district is our – uh, since our buildings aren't really open, our utility bills should be less. Um, I'm not sure if that will offset a lot of the yep. other issues that are going on. Well, there's always a silver lining somewhere. <laughs> All right. Oh, Dr. Tom, it looks like um, – oops. Uh, uh, Tom, you're back. You have a question on the budget? Yes, I have a question for Chris. And um, – mm-hmm. It's a process question. Um, you know, we've submitted our preliminary budget <clears throat> to the county superintendent, and mm-hmm. but during the interim, if um, who has who has the power to change the amount that comes to the districts? What I mean by that is that there's S two legislation where there are districts that are getting are on a timetable to get more money in state mm-hmm. aid. Does the governor just veto that and say this is the amount you're getting uh no it's not the governor the gov- you know th- there's always the possibility you know again revisiting the, the point of unprecedented times um i don't think it's out of the realm i i think it's unlikely but it's not out of the realm of possibility that the governor may very well propose a whole new budget um again i find that unlikely but not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, more likely, though, in getting back to your your 
your original question, um, all all proposed budgets by the governor are just that, proposed. It's up to the legislature to pass a final budget that in, that includes you know specific specific numbers. Now they they generally don't delve into the weeds, but uh, of of naming specific districts. But we saw a few years back, um, you know, passed with uh, S two was a change to the calculation of of what. Uh, of what uh, aid was going to go out. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it's still within the power of the legislature uh, to to change the numbers. And until until the uh, the governor signs an actual budget for for the fiscal year, the numbers are are considered proposed only. Okay. okay thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just. Uh, um, so the numbers, as you were saying, uh, they're just they're they they can change. Do you think they would though try to hold to the S two at least, even if they don't have the money, that formula <laughs> that the same percentages that they had because that seemed to be important to the legislature. Yeah, I, I would ago. tend. Yeah, I would tend to think even if they revisit the numbers, there's going to still be. Um, the, the overarching S2 element to them. So, you know, um, districts that, that, that we're seeing increases due to S2, I would still think would see increases, but maybe not to the degree um, that, that originally S2 called for simply because they don't have the, the amount of money. Um, now, whether districts who were, you know, seeing cuts due to S2 would see even steeper cuts, um, I... I, you know, I'm getting into pure speculation at, at, at this point. And, you know, I would tend to think they're not going to do that simply because, you know, there's only so much a district can take in any one year. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a, hopefully uh, we'll have a better idea on this. Uh, you know, I would say if it's the end of March now, probably, I would think in a month you would see the uh, the treasurer coming up with with some um, s- some estimates on on what uh, we can expect revenue wise for for next year. Uh, that gets me to a point. I don't know if Jonathan, if you want to chime in on this, I did read today, uh, not long before we went on, that the governor and the legislature are concerned in extending the the deadline that people can file their taxes in New Jersey. The federal government has already done that. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan, maybe you can chime in on this one, but uh, our, our our fiscal year is a little different than the fe- federal government, so there's a lot more problems with extending it. Does that also affect the forecast that the that the treasurer usually gets? I would think it would uh, it would have to. Um, right now, there's a bill sitting on the governor's desk that essentially says if the feds extend their fed filing deadline. Um, then the state would be required to follow suit and extend uh, the New Jersey uh, corporate business tax and, and uh, personal income tax uh, deadline as well, uh, but to a date no later than June 30th. Um, so I would think that um, delaying uh, tax filings um, could certainly impact uh, revenue estimates because you're not going to may not get that so-called April surprise. Um, that we're accustomed to. Okay, and uh, one uh, um, we're getting kind of towards the end. Um, how is the you know uh, we've talked about uh, the relationship between the governor and the the legislature uh, in the past as being not uh, particularly close, or it seemed like they weren't on the same page. Uh, with COVID nineteen, have they been? Has the communication seemed to have improved at least between? Uh, the, the leadership from, you know, I know I'm asking you a, a, probably a personal opinion, but uh, are they forced to talk to each other now because the things are so dramatic? I think, I think they're, they're definitely forced. At least the, the legislative leadership um, is in communication with the governor probably more. Um, and it probably, you know, as you said, we're into pure speculation. My speculation would be that, 
that, yeah, it has improved simply because this is what they're in communication about is, is really, you know, about dealing with a, a public health crisis. So I don't see a lot of um, contentious issues coming up between, uh, between the parties and, uh, you know, whether that, that fosters goodwill going forward into dealing with some of the things that they have been contentious over because they just, you know, uh, you know, disagree on, on them. Um, we shall see. I mean, human nature is a funny thing and, and hopefully, you know, coming out of it, they, they still can, they'll, they'll still disagree on things, but perhaps be less disagreeable while doing so. Jonathan, your thoughts. Um, what Chris said, <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> uh it's, it's, it's it's really tough for us to say as well because we're not physically there, <laughs> so you know <laughs> we're kind true. of we're kind of catching things you know electronically and seeing agendas coming out, uh, bills being posted for votes, um, and I gotta be honest, I don't really have a, a sense of of how much of it, how much of these bills are are items that the governor has requested be sent to his desk versus those that the legislature. Uh, took on proactively and are just, you know, having the governor react to them. Um, things have been uh, moving so quickly um, and dynamically that it's, it's, it's really hard to say how much they are talking with one another through the issues. So that's, that's probably because normally, and I know you guys are we're walking the halls, you are also having conversation with aides and all that. And so all those little conversations where you get, probably a little bit more insight as to what's going on behind the scenes. You don't really have as much access to that now. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, I think, um, it's, I think that's fair. But, I mean, yeah. it's also for us to, to more uh, proactively reach out via phone or email yeah. um, to folks who we would otherwise maybe just be able to rub elbows with at the state house. Um, okay. So it's not as if communication has completely broken down. Okay. Yeah, and and I, I would say too, you know, even even the aides that we talk to a lot of times, they're they're kind of in the dark as to what's uh, what's going on as well, because you know there's there's a certain amount of um, uh, the, just the mechanics of of government that that kind of take over when things are things are operating per usual on like the timelines of, of board lists and uh, committee agendas going out and, you know, and uh, the waves of, of complaints and objections to things that, that went out on those things and how they deal with it. It's kind of been upended. I, you know, I have a friend that, that works for the speaker that I reached out to a couple of days ago asking, um, you know, if they still planned on doing the budget committee meetings uh, as, as they usually do, where they, you know, throughout April and May, they have the uh, the commissioners who come in to discuss their proposed budget. And he responded to me, he's like, "Your guess is as good as mine right now." You yeah. Know, a, lot, a lot of people just kind of trying to trying to figure it figure it out as we move along. Yep. He's, uh, as we said a few times, unprecedented times. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. last question we'll get will be from uh, Mark and uh, how Mark Bonjavani. Uh How you doing, Mark? Good yourself, Ray. Hope everybody's staying safe. All right. Hey, this is prob- this is probably a, a statement as much as a question, but the uh, comment about S two and the districts that are losing money, uh, and will there be any chance of losing even more than that thought? You know, past history has said that's happened, and this might be a good time for the for the governor to rethink his veto on the uh, ability to go over the two percent. You know, some districts. Uh, Freehold Regional is a good example. I mean, they're getting hit with such a big, a big hit that you know would have been great to have been able to go out and ask the taxpayers, uh, you know, would you be willing to in order to keep the district as healthy as it was? I don't know if there's been any kind of talk about that or thought about that. Uh, not, not currently. Uh, there hasn't been talk. I mean, we we voiced our our strenuous objection to the governor's veto on that. Um, literally, you know, everyone in, in Trenton seemed to kind of scratch their heads on uh, on why he vetoed it. Um, but that being said, we're going to have to wait to see what you know, what our economy looks like coming out of this. And um, I, I don't know what the um, how palatable it is going to be to have a have a bill um, 
to vote on a bill that essentially allows uh, allows municipalities to exceed the two percent cap. You know, to tell people that while they're losing their jobs and worrying about whether or not they're going to be able to yep. stay in their house. Um, so, yeah. we we completely agree with that principle that if 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 you're losing aid, um, you should you should uh, be able to exceed the two percent cap um, to to keep what you got. Especially if uh, losing aids gonna gonna drive you under adequacy, but uh, you know you gotta we, we need to pay attention to the politics of uh, of what the economy is gonna look like in, in a few months as well. Gotcha. Thanks again. Yep. Appreciate all your work down there. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Uh, and I would also add to that because uh, Bill Keogh, uh mentioned it and typed it in. You know. A lot of people are losing their jobs, as you said, but I think uh, a lot of municipalities are a little concerned about the small businesses in their towns, too, surviving through this time period. So mm. they would probably not want to increase property taxes on those people who are just trying to get back on their feet. Yep. Um, yep. So any final words from either one of you before we go into our close? Uh, I, okay. I, I guess the, the final word is just in yeah. case it wasn't said enough, unprecedented. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we'll be saying that. We'll be saying that a lot. And uh, yeah. So uh, just, but that still means that boards, you still have to look at advocacy probably even more so now, and it changes daily. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, NJSBA is trying to keep you updated as best we can through social media events like this, through our school board notes. Uh, stay tuned mm-hmm. to everything. Uh, and I'd like first to thank Jonathan and Chris for joining me. Uh, thanks, guys. My sure. pleasure, Ray. Yeah, that's okay. what And that, that brings us to the end of this program, and I hope you all have a good day. And, uh, and I also hope that everyone's staying safe and healthy. Okay. Good night. Good afternoon. <laughs>